you up to including death my name is dr patricia brewer and i'm john brewer and we are fresh off of vacation yeah just got back today we just got back today it is monday this podcast will hopefully come out on tuesday at 3 a.m which is when it's supposed to come out except that i mess up sometimes mm-hmm. so it was a pretty fun vacation we went to the waters of minocqua which is an amazingly beautiful place. It's a nice hotel in Minocqua, Wisconsin, the city of a thousand lakes. No. No. The island city. It's the island city, and we stayed at a nice place that has like a a, a double-decker room. What would you call it? It's got a it's loft. a loft bedroom. And the loft bedroom is just for us. And then the kids were all downstairs fighting each other, which is fantastic. Not always fighting. Most of me fighting them. Pachow, pachow. Um, no, we were not doing MMA. We were going to the pool. Yes. And hot tub. And we went to the zoo. Yeah. Manaqua Zoo is great. You can feed giraffes if you're so inclined. But they've got a safari train. Yeah, that was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. I, I would, you know, we heard stories about what the ostriches do. About what they might do to you. But none of the ostriches, ostriches attacked the safari train. No. The zebras came the closest, I the, guess. The Not. zebras didn't, they were just very close. Yeah. And what I didn't know, that zebras... Are part antelope. Well, not part antelope. They're a type of antelope. Yeah. Do you think horses are a type of antelope? I don't know. I thought this the last time. I haven't thought about it again since I said that in my mouth just now. Okay. You can look it up later. Okay. I I can definitely look that up later. What was your top moment for the vacation? I don't know. No? Drinking beers in the hot tub was fine, I guess. Drinking in the hot tub. Drink, I was drinking some Trulies, which I'm drinking tonight. Truly has something called Poolside. It's like a new mix, a new uh, new box of Trulies. And they've got, like, almost every flavor is magnificent, but there's one flavor that is gross. And it's, for me, it's the um, what Pina Colada flavor Trulies is horrific. And now, I love pineapple, and I love coconut. But the pina colada, truly, I do not recommend. No. But right now I'm drinking on, for a little quick brewer's brew, the strawberry melon fizz flavor of the truly hot seltzer, uh, hot seltzer, hard seltzer. Um, and it is delish. Wonderful. One, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Oh. I don't think you would like it. I wouldn't recommend it to you. No, because I don't, wouldn't want a truly. Do you want to do a quick brewer's brew and what you got going on over there? Oh, I'm just about to open a... Kid Colts from New Glarus. Ooh. Pick up New Glarus when you're in Wisconsin. New Glarus is so good. There's, oh, and there's the dog. Do you want to shut the door a little bit, John? So that, so that not all the children can hear us. Um, Emma, Emma stayed at our friend's house, at Jeff and Sarah's house. You can see their first names. I don't want to say their last names, but they Jeff and Sarah had these really gorgeous rugs in their house. They are sheepskin rugs. I don't even want to Google how much these rugs cost. And they so kindly offered to watch our dog. And guess what she did within apparently 30 seconds of me leaving the house? She went right up to one of those sheepskin rugs and pooped on it. But they caught her before much. <laughs> Sarah said it was like a little bitty dry nugget came out. But they caught her before they, she could irreparably damage them. And then they just picked up those rugs while, during her visit. But apparently she puked and pooped the entire time, constantly. Luckily, they have a foyer that is made of tile. So they put up baby gates, and there was, like, a dog kennel, which I really hope they didn't go out and have to buy a dog kennel. I hope they already had it. They probably had one for their dog. Yeah. (laughs) 
So they had a little dog kennel for her. Um, and when I went to pick her up, she was just, she just went insane. As if like, you, you really didn't abandon me forever with these people? Oh no! As if I mean, if you're gonna be abandoned, the the um the Jeffs and Sarahs of the world are the best place to be abandoned because they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say the last name. I don't think we should say the last name because no, they're Googleable. I'm Googleable. Okay. Okay. So what are we watching today? We are watching Cujo. We're we've come to the list, the part of the list where it's our recommendation to each other. Now, this is not me having seen this movie recommending it to you. I have not seen Stephen King's Cujo 1983, you said? Yes. I have not seen this one. I thought I had as a child, but I mixed up both Turner and Hooch with a movie. I know it's nothing to do with it, but there's another movie that came out, I feel like, in the early 80s that I saw in the 90s. Maybe Beethoven? No, that... that <laughs> but could, no, I know about Cujo. But no, I um I mixed it up with this thing about a dog that was like from a, a, a some kind of experiment and a bunch of um, eco people came and broke the all the experimental animals out of jail and it turns out one of them was a crazy murder dog and I can't remember the name of this movie. One of these days we'll watch it, but I've not I've not seen Cujo. Who's in this one? Well, tell star- me about it. It stars D. Wallace. Okay. Daniel Hugh Kelly and Danny Pinataro. Okay, so good 80s, early 80s peeps. Yeah. And the the synopsis quickly is Cujo, a friendly St. Bernard, contracts rabies and conducts a reign of terror on a small American town. Yeah, and so who's the director? Uh, Louis Teague. Do you want to see what else Louis Teague has done? Sure, I will do that. I'm curious. You know, the kind of people that do these movies now, I've got to say... This is, you know, we recently watched a Stephen King, and in it, it it's one of those things that's, you know, like they say about bottle episodes of television, where it's like just two people stuck in a room, and that's what the, the last part, the last 40 minutes of that movie we were watching, right, the Do- uh, Dolan's Cadillac, um, was that 40 minutes of just like watching these two talk to each other while one is trapped in the room and they're all by themselves, and I'm wondering how this, this director is going to be dealing with this. So what kind of stuff has this director well, done? the ones you would know would be Jewel of the Nile. Oh, my God! And um, film we already did, uh, Cat's Eye. Oh, that's wonderful. So he did Cujo, then Cat's Eye, then Jewel of the Nile. I was just thinking of Jewel of the Nile because I was thinking of Romancing the Stone because I've recently watched a movie with my mom, The, um, the uh, Lost City. With Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, and Lost City is basically a love le- a love letter to Jewel of the Nile. I think I really am curious if there's people not Jewel of the Nile. It's really too um too romancing the stone. It's like whoever did this movie loved romancing the stone. I think because it's okay. just it's, it's so beautifully done. Okay, so tell me more about this movie. How do people okay. like well, it? Well, it came out in 1983. Mm-hmm. IMDb rating is a 6.0. Okay. Um. It also won, or it was nominated for a Saturn for Best Horror Film in 83. And then uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 62% on the tomato meter and a 45% for audience. It's low. Critics like it a little bit more than uh, the average viewer did. Okay, so just to give a little warning about the book. I don't know what the movie's going to do. But in the book, it involves a dead child at the end, which Stephen King does enjoy giving us... Sad tales of children dying. 
Um, but uh, so hence pet cemetery, that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. I, the kid probably might live in this one. I'm not sure, but I don't want. I'm wondering if that colors people's opinion of the movie. They just get pissed at the end or something. I don't know. All right. Well, here's a couple of uh, positive reviews from David Peary of Time Out. Said this a- adaptation on a modest budget from Stephen King's bestseller about a rabid Saint Bernard is a pleasing illustration of the filmic simplicity at the heart of King's better writing. Mm. And then from the New York Times, Janet Maslin says, The family members seem believably typical, which makes their encounter with the demonic dog all the more involving. Be warned, if you find yourself too caught up in Cujo, you'll have a hard time looking your own pooch in the eye. Oh no. Watch out for Emma. Uh, But then on the other side, if you go by variety, they say it's a dull, uneventful entry in the horror genre. Hmm. Okay. And Gary Arnold from the Washington Post said, Cujo no doubt presented fewer difficulties for a novelist than it does for a movie director. What does that even mean? I don't know. Saying it's simple? I'm that, guessing. As in it's less difficult for a novelist to write than for a movie director to direct? I guess so. I mean, all of it's like in the woman's head, basically. Just fantastic. This is, by the way, another another case of Stephen King, In the even though he has since said that he wished like he could write women better, like this is a lot of first-person narrative of a woman that I thought was great. So. Yeah. And uh, at the box office, it did pretty well. Mm-hmm. It had a $6 million budget, and it grossed $21.2 million. That is not too shabby. No, that's pretty good, especially in 83. And this is the movie when we were um, asking people their like, number one horror movie. My Aunt Susu and my mom both wrote in about it. And Aunt Susu said that it was when she saw Cujo... She and, and, like, a bunch of people from the theater that didn't know each other went to, I think, the IHOP or wherever it was open. It must have been, like, a, a Waffle House after afterwards. And they all had coffee and just, like, stared blankly because it was so intense. So it was, like, her response to it. Like, a lot of people's response to it was just, like, they needed to have a cup of coffee before going home. <laughs> cool. I'm a little worried about it because Loki's here. He's my son. Yeah, and he's just a little fella. He's only 11. So what do well, we got? let's go through the parent's guide. Okay. Sex and nudity is mild. Mm. No sex scenes, but there is implied sex and brief nudity. There's a lot of things on this list for something that says mild, but go uh, ahead. A woman's bare buttocks is briefly seen as a man lifts up her dress. Excellent. A man talks about buying broads in, Bost- in Boston. Oh, Yeah. There's a scene where a woman is getting out of bed with a man still in bed and has implied they had sex. Oh my gosh. No nudity, but a woman is having an affair with a man which she attempts to break off. In one scene, he tries to have sex with her against her will, but it's interrupted. Yuck. That guy's a jerk. So violence and gore is moderate. Okay. A bat bites a dog, which we know. Oh. A rabbit is chased and nearly killed by a dog. Hmm. A man tears up pillows and other various fixtures of another person's host with a knife. Oh, yeah, that's the shitty ex. Okay. It is implied that a man hits his wife and son. Okay. A dog is seen deteriorating from rabies. So this is like, by the way, so there's an attempted rape in this in the book, and I'm assuming it's done in a similar way. You and I just watched um, Base Motel, the first few episodes of it. Yeah. We should watch a little bit more of tonight. It's really good. We might do a podcast on it eventually. But in it, there's just a full-on rape. Yeah, it's, well, like, following, and it's, following the lead of Stephen King, there's a few ways to make somebody 
absolutely hated and able to be killed off by somebody without them looking like the bad guy. Yeah, but you don't have to, like, there's lots of ways to, like, the broads guy eats it in the end, too, right? So, like, it's the, but the full-on rape, I think, is the difference between Stephen King. Like, the rape is not, is not used as a device to punish the woman or to um, to bring the the plot forward. No, it's made you to know. make that guy instantly hateable and instantly killable. Well, that all- guy was already a douchebag. He was, but murdering him might be a Less, step too far. Yeah. But if he's raping somebody and he gets murdered, everybody's like, "Well, yeah." But good for I don't her. think I don't think it was necessary to to no, have fully on raped. It's quick the mother and easy. in uh, in the yeah. I think it was it's lazy sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But in this case, like. From what, from seeing it myself, or from reading it, and maybe I'm a Stephen King apologist, it didn't seem to me that the rape was used as a, a means of explaining the motivation for a male actor or a female actor. Mostly it's just like a woman is raped and then the man does something about it, right? Um, and that starts him on his hero's journey. Uh, but in this case, um, I, I, it's interesting. We'll have to talk more about it when we get there. Yeah. Okay, on to profanity. Okay. Fuck yeah. It's moderate. Oh. Two uses of I don't give a shit. <laughs> Three uses of Heine. Oh my goodness. Who put that like what? in a rhyme song? Yeah. One use of bitch slash son of a bitch. That's a surprise. And three uses of the word fuck. What was this rated R still? Yes. I my, mean it's still really scary. My, but that kinda goes to show you don't need to have foul language to be scary. Okay, alcohol, drugs, and smoking is mild. Excellent. Men are showed drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes. Always the men. And frightening and intense scenes are moderate. The deaths may be intense for some viewers. Probably the viewers that think Heine is an issue. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, that's all of the non-spoiler... Okay. ...of the... My favorite um, uh, curse word that you use is cock-a-butt. Cock-a-butt. You go, oh, cock-a-butt. <laughs> He, John recently beat Sparkle too, but again, um, as a warning, this does have a well. It might have a dead kid in the end. Um, the book ends with a dead kid. Spoiler, but uh, this I don't know about the movie. Stephen King films and books can go either way. Yeah, there is one that ends with a dead kid that the book did not. Which one? The Mist. Oh yeah. That ending pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> It was a great movie until the end, I thought. I but. never saw The Mist, but once I learned about the ending, I was like, I'm not that interested. Well, we'll probably end up watching it on here, so... Eventually. Uh, tough titties. Tough titties, old Trish. Should we uh, watch this show? Oh, by the way, oh. Shorzy, great show. It's come out. Yes. Yeah, just want to throw that out there for the Letterkenny lovers. Um, okay, you ready? Yeah. All right, let's go. John. Hi. So it's five minutes, 44 seconds in. Yes. So much activity. Really? It was just like two things. So there's an idyllic Cujo running in a field chasing a rabbit and yep. it's very wonderful. And he sticks his head in a part of the ground that has like a, ho- a cave in it, I guess. Yeah, a bat cave. A bat cave. And Cujo's barking. He's trying to get the rabbit and bat bites him on the nose. Yep. And, and so that's we, always bad news. So we got that. Meanwhile, we cut to a little kid peeing. Yes, he which was is, peeing. And then it's a great shot of him coming back to his room. And he turned, he's got the light on in his room. And you can see the bed. It's the kid's room. 
Then he turns off the light and starts bolting to the door. To the or bed. To the bed. And it, the room becomes so big. Yep. But the thing is, this kid's closet is actually haunted. Yeah. I don't remember if that's touched upon a lot in the movie, that it actually is haunted. Yeah. It's actually haunted by the guy from, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, the one with the person that can see the future? The one with what? The guy that see Dead Zone. Dead Zone. Yeah. Oh. So it's actually haunted by the murderer from the Dead Zone. Yeah. And for some reason, that guy got kills himself and then haunts this child's closet. <sighs> Yeah, because he needs crossover. It's yeah, I know. It's a really good crossover, but yeah. So basically, there's a demon ghost haunting this child's bedroom, unrelated to anything else, except it does have a, a form of a dog at some point. I don't know how much the movie's going to get into it. The book doesn't get into it that much, except that the dad has like a, a, a rhyme that he does with his son to protect him from it. Yeah, I wonder if at this time Stephen King's like, I need a ghost in my books. I can't just do a straight up... I but I think that kind of makes it awesome. Yeah. He's just like, there's the ghosts in this kid's bed. Anyway, let's talk about how this kid dies of thirst and heat. Yeah. Okay, should we keep going? Yeah, might as well. That's it. The kid basically just got scared because the closet door opened by itself because yeah. it's actually haunted. And we both read the book and know that it's, that's Yeah, we know that what we know what we see. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Hi, John. Hello. This marriage is running out of conversations. Yeah. Let's have a baby. <laughs> That's a smart idea. <laughs> that was basically the line of the husband. Uh, Tad is the name of the son, who's kind of one of the main characters. Um, and so the husband says this to the wife. Who's cheating on him. Who is cheating on him with the tennis instructor who also strips horses. Uh, that sounds weird the way you said that. I know, but he's like he like strips furniture from the, the paint yeah. from the furniture so that you could re- then repaint it. Yeah, it's his side job. But this guy's a big jerk, and so anyway, she he comes to her house with his horse that he's fixed up, and he's like hanging out with the family, and he's she's having sex with him on yep. her afternoons while her husband's working at his busy businessman job. Mm-hmm. So he works for this advertising firm he's he has with a friend of his and there's a cereal company that there's basically going to be a little hollow he's got to go out of town to deal with it but he hasn't had it we haven't seen it yet it's just no, so you know what's going to happen we saw the commercial and the commercial said everything's fine here everything's fine here nothing i i what? guarantee it it's 100 percent good cereal definitely won't ruin your colon yeah um what so foreshadowing in a commercial in the movie <laughs> So, yeah, so Tad's cute. He's scared of his closet because there's a goddamn ghost in his closet. Um, and then, so they go out. So there's something wrong with the little Corvette number. It's a Corvette. It's not a Corvette. It's like a little sporty car. Yeah. There's something wrong with their little sporty car, so they take it out. So Dad takes it out to the mechanic who can't, who's too busy. And the post guy, the postman says, oh, you should got to take it to Mr. Crawford's house. Like, he's cool. He'll do it for you. and won't cheat you. Yep. So they drive their car out on a little family outing mm-hmm. to the buck middle of nowhere, six miles away from the middle of nowhere. Because um, the house, the town kind of seems like, let's just say it looks pretty familiar to where we live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, very remote. Um, <laughs> before there was cell phones. Anyway, so, um, so they drive the car out and Tad gets to meet Cujo, who has a bite on his nose. Yeah, but he's a good boy. He's a boy. Such a boy. And so in it, like, 
in the book, there's this really good description of Tad falling over, and Cujo catches him just by the suspenders with his mouth and stands him right up again. Yeah. So this was like, so, like, because they get to meet Cujo before he went nuts from rabies. Um, and Cujo's a good boy. Yeah. He's such a boy. boy. Super smart and friendly and loves kids. He loves kids and he's the best dog. And he's the dog of the the boy child, like he's about 12 years old, from this house. And we got to see a lot here. We got to see the mechanic being kind of gross. Maybe a little drunk, who knows. But we also got to see his wife plucking a chicken. Yeah. Looking like stricken. She's just like, like her life is hard and she doesn't like it. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's about what's happened in the 17 minutes and 31 seconds. I just yeah. wanted to pause and, and, and give a reflection. Yeah, fair enough. Who do you think has the worst marriage? The, oh, the lady. Or the the lady plucking chickens or no. the lady cheating on the, on her husband? Yeah, that's worse. I'd rather pluck a chicken than get cheated on. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Hey, John. John, John. Hey, what's up? Okay, so there's been an issue with the cereal brand. Basically, all these parents think their kids are hemorrhaging, but it turns out it's just the red food dye in the cereal. Yeah. Which, nothing wrong here is the the actual, like, tagline for this fucking cereal, which is so suspicious. There's nothing wrong here. Yeah, it's really, really Absolutely weird. nothing is wrong here. I'm a doctor. You can trust me. And so the husband is, you know, in charge of this ad campaign, the Sparks account. Uh, and so he's got to go into Chicago or wherever the heck to go to the big executive meeting to try to save his company. And on the same day, his wife decides it's a good day to break it off with her stud. Yeah. Her, <laughs> her side piece. Her side piece. She goes up to him and she has a nice conversation with him at first. And he's like, well, okay, if that's what you want. And then he gets super pissed and pulls on Justice jeans because there's lots of shirtless men in this movie. And he runs after her into the street and has got her, like, pinned against the car. But you can only see this from, from like, a distance because that's when her husband drives by and sees her and talking to him with him with his shirt off. And he's like, what the heck? So he turns around. But by the time he gets there, no one's there. So he knows something's up. Yep. She, her car's starting to mess up, and she's driving a... A Ford Pinto. Which is... A lemon car from the 70s. It's a famous lemon car. Um, and as you say, it's a, it came out... There was a, a court case, Grimshaw versus Ford Motor Company, in 1981. And apparently, it's infamous. became infamous, infamous in the 1970s for bursting into flames if its gas tank was ruptured in a collision. Yeah. So, here's the thing, though. This movie came out in 1983, which means this nice ad executive with his nice, pretty sports car has, for his wife, a janky-ass Ford Pinto. Yeah, I think it's kind of like putting a subplot in that he didn't really give a shit about her. Yeah. Which is why she was cheating on him. I mean, it kind of makes a lot of sense, because so far we've seen him being a great dad, and he's good at his job, and blah, blah, blah. Why is... What's wrong with the marriage? But if if that's just the signal, is that she's driving a fucking Ford Pinto in 1983. Yeah, that's running like garbage. Like, and... they've known for a decade that this car is shitty. <laughs> yeah. And the famous court case about it that created the lemon law is 1981 two years before this movie yeah they knew if she ever got an accident she would probably die in that car 
Yeah, with yeah. his child in it. Yeah. So he doesn't really give a fuck about his wife and child. He has them driving around in a Ford Pinto. Yep. That's an amazing choice. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just like really... I don't remember if the book mentions that I she drives a Ford Pinto. I don't remember either what kind of car she drives, but at least it's a visual choice because, in here. Because he wrote the book in 81. Okay. So that would have been right when the laws were... I mean, that would be like fresh on everybody's mind. Yeah, but also probably the... Like, there was probably stuff about it before 1981, just knowing this is a oh, shitty yeah. car. Yeah, they said in one test, 8 out of 11 would explode upon impact. Oh my gosh, it's just wild because it's all started from my question to you which was uh well what like what exactly is wrong with this car in the story he says what's wrong with it but i don't know enough car about cars for that stuff to stick in my head i just remember growing up hearing about like the pinto was the butt of a joke well yeah i mean we kind of hear about the ford pinto like you hear about it like that where someone said they drive a ford pinto you know you hear like that but Man, that is such an interesting take that this is the description of what's wrong with their marriage. It's 26 minutes in. Uh, we got to see a little bit more of uh, of Cujo, who is getting kind of irritated by loud noises. Yeah, and he's I, very sweaty. Yeah, he's I guess very he's sweaty. He's hot. Sweaty. And I got to say, they do a pretty good job showing that a dog is hot and sweaty and also irritated by a loud noise. Yeah. And has a headache. Honestly, like... The way that the, the that it's done is like, man, does that dog have a fucking migraine? How did they give a dog a migraine? So the dog's doing a great job. Yeah. You know what it means? He's a good boy. He is a good boy. He's a good boy. actor. <laughs> okay. We're 26 minutes and 50 seconds in. She's trying to unload the groceries, and she's like, unloading the groceries is your job. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. He's mad at her, though, because he found out about the cheating. Yeah. So, Understandable. If someone cheats on their husband, but their husband made her drive a Ford Pinto when he drove it's a still, sports it's car. It's still bad. It's still bad. But, like, he's literally trying to kill her. Well, no, that's something you take up beforehand. Yeah, you, you probably have that conversation. Before, if, if it bothers you that much, then you end it I feel like what we do is we trade in the sports car for two... Okay, cars. Yeah, but a sports car is shit too. Yeah, it was it started something wrong with wheel well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we go? Yeah. All right. Let's go. John. Yeah. Cujo just had his last moment of being a good boy. Yeah. He didn't know any better. He's a good boy one more time. I know. It's 38 minutes and 55 seconds in. In this movie, they haven't done as much as the background between um, the mechanic and his wife and the son, who who are the owners of Cujo. Yeah. But I think they've done a good job portraying that clearly this is an unhealthy relationship between the wife and the husband. The husband's abusive. Yep. And the wife wants to get away. She's won the lottery. And she wants to go visit her sister. Now, in the book, there's a lot of stuff about her sister being fancy and basically having married well. So, basically, they both were sort of above a certain level of money growing up. And then the sister married higher than her station. And she married below to the mechanics. She married for love. Biggest mistake. Um, (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. Oh, my God. But, no, but she married this guy. He's abusive. And uh, and so she basically gives him a nice meal, buys him something for his uh, his uh, mechanic stuff, and says, "We won the lottery. I want to go visit my sister." And he says yes because he wants to go visit the Hoers. That's right. 
Then he wants to Bulls, go baseball and broads. broads. Yeah. Broads. He wants to go see some buy some broads with his friend. And we also hear that Cujo like there's like a joke about Cujo and they're like the guy's like the guy's friend the friend to the um mechanic is saying like who what's gonna happen to your house where you're gone? Someone could steal your stuff. He's like, What? Cujo's gonna be here to protect it and the and the guy says, Man, you could not force Cujo to bite anything. Eat a yeah. steak if it was looking at him or something like that. He said, if I came at you with razor blades in each hand. Yes, because Cujo is such a boy. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. But Cujo, during this, that whole conversation, it was fantastic because you could tell this dog has like, got a headache. And it doesn't like the loud noises that are happening. And every loud noise of something clattering or something like that is really magnified in a way that really emphasizes that... The sound being so horrible to hear. Yeah. That's how I feel when, like, when my blood sugar tanks and I can just hear and feel everything. That's how I feel. Like, when Sophie talks about this, too, sometimes when she, I mean, she's not, when she's not making it up. No, she doesn't make it up. But anyway, but it's like that feeling of, like, you can hear everything so much loudly. I've never had more empathy for an animal before, even though I love animals. But I feel like Cujo gets me. (laughs) <laughs> so Cujo is your spirit animal. Cujo, right before he goes rabid, is my spirit animal. Um, but he's a good boy because it's it's foggy out, and the the boy he's known Cujo knows this guy as the boy, uh, but it's his boy, right? Yeah. Comes out to find him. I think his name is Brett. Um, yeah. Brett comes out to find Cujo, and Cujo is not doing great and is growling, but hears the voice of his boy. And he stops and he runs away. He turns and he runs away. That was in the book. It's so sad because in the book you see things from Cujo's perspective. And this is his last moment of being uh, being himself. Yeah. Before the rabid stuff really ultimately takes over and he can't really help what he's doing. Because he can't help what he's doing. No, it's a brain disease. Yeah, I mean he's gone entirely burned. But his last thing, which he shouldn't have been able to do at that stage... But because he was such a good boy, he recognized it. And I've got to say, the best parts of this movie are the ones that are straight up lifted directly from Stephen King and put onto this. Like, like in it, like this representation of this boy coming out into the yard, it's foggy, which as a younger lass, I would not have really recognized the fog that's being discussed here. But where we live, including like the day before our wedding, yeah, the fog comes out, you can't see a thing. You know, and it's not uncommon. It definitely looks spooky, but it's not spooky enough to not go about your daily life. Yeah. In Georgia, when I see that kind of fog, it's like, ooh, spooky. Stay inside. The ghosts yeah. are out. Probably but, is ghosts. I mean, yeah, it's probably ghosts down there. But like up here, we just live in a place where fog kind of happens naturally yeah. a lot. We're in high elevation and temperatures change rapidly. Yeah. And so, as my poor Georgia family found out on the day before our wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Temperature dropped like 30 degrees in five minutes. And, uh, no, it was like, they, but everyone's like, oh, it's so nice and warm. It's in the 70s. We're all at the lake. And then suddenly there's just like a wave of cold air from the lake that comes over and all the poor Southerners did the opposite of melting. Yeah. Froze, I guess. Like beautiful Southern peaches freezing on the vine. Vine? Tree? Tree. Branch. Okay, so we're 38 minutes and 55 seconds in. I gotta say, like, Stephen King's really good. Yes, he is. I know I say this a lot, but he's so good in this sort of... The way that this is able to be shown on film 
like that that the dog turns and I don't know maybe I'm seeing this from the perspective of someone that really loved the book, you know. But like the way that you can see this dog doing something that it shouldn't be able to even do at this stage. Yeah, it shouldn't be able to turn around. Yeah, but it does because it's a good boy. Mm-hmm. But luckily, we know that the the abused wife and the son are going off to Connecticut, so they're going to be fine. Yeah. Dad is supposed to go to see the broads in Boston. Yeah. With his shitty friend. We shall see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we go? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we had our first murder. So, John. Yes. The son tells the ma that he saw, he was worried about Cujo. Because he was foaming at the mouth and covered in blood. Yep. And mom, do you think she understands what that means? I don't know. Really? Like, I mean, but she does say, your dad's going to take care of Cujo. He loves Cujo. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. Now, dad is going to fuck off to Boston to be with the, with the with the broads. But, yeah. So, anyway. So, his friend. Gary. Oh, yeah. Gary? Yep. So the friend that he was having, uh, that he's going to go to Boston with, that he was drinking with, uh, has just been killed by Cujo. But the thing is, like, so he sees Cujo. Cujo attacks him. He goes into his house, and he closes the screen door. And instead of shutting his gosh darn front door and locking it, he puts the little hook on the eyelet of the screen door. Yeah. And runs to get his shotgun, because he's talking about how he's going to kill Cujo. And because... Cujo is like a 250-pound St. Bernard. He makes pretty short work of the screen door. Yeah. Like, if he had just shut the door, he probably would have been fine. Yeah. Because it's a wooden door. I mean, even if he shut the door and the dog still came through, it would have taken a while. But instead, I mean, what what I find the strangest is enough, the guy's got his rifle out. You know, but he actually pre- does good gun safety because the bullets are in a different location. Good gun safety. Yeah, well, he's, maybe he was a good guy. We don't know. But maybe we should just have loaded rifles everywhere just in case we need them, right? No. There's a, there's an argument to be made for everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I like, I like a friend of mine, I guess I shouldn't really talk about this, but a friend of mine, um, his brother, like was in his room and he had just cleaned his guns and I think from the story from what I've heard it sounds like he had the gun loaded or he had the gun and the bullets right next to each other which was very unusual because they're very they're gun family but they're very good with guns but he just so happened to but I guess probably been pretty tired he left his gun in the nightstand because he had been cleaning it when he went to bed and then a, a guy came up loaded on PCP and, like, broke into his house and had, like, a knife and a bottle of wine using it as a club or whatever. So he was able to grab the gun really fast and shoot the guy. But, like, even then it's one of those things of, like, if you had your gun in proper gun safety, that wouldn't have been helpful. No. But if he had it loaded or whatever, that means that and anyone had come in before he was awake, they could have used it on him. Or yeah. a kid could have shot, blown its own brains out with it. So uh, there's no kids in the house at the time. But it's one of those things you hear about this is like off for the guy. Awful yeah. situation. There's no right like, answer for anything. No, there's not. It's really hard. Um, anyway, so this guy did not shoot Cujo quick enough. I'm not sure that rifle would have been enough. It looked kind of small. 
If, do you think that rifle yeah. could have taken down Cujo? Yeah. A couple good shots? Yeah. Cujo's like a big boy. He is a big boy. But. Well, Cujo did kill him. But what I did like is that this dog is doing a great job acting, but it was wagging its tail a little bit because you could tell he's a good boy. Yeah. But Cujo has gone insane. It's, that's a gunk. I, I don't know. I feel like I've already got a grossest corner on this one, and it's the first time we really see a close-up of Cujo's face yeah. as he's going as he's going rabid, and his eyes are gross. I think I said gross. Yeah, you shot. literally said gross. Now, I will say, we did get to see the attempted rape, mm-hmm. which... Which is also gross. It's gross. But also, like, I guess that I'm so, like, fucked up. That I didn't recognize that as an attempted rape as much as a groping. But, like, having just seen an actual inaction of a rape in, um, which I don't usually watch things that have rapes in them at all, but having seen Bates Motel in that first couple, like, first episode, like, I was just like, okay, he's forcibly kissing her and groping her. But it, he wasn't doing the thing that they do in movies where they unbuckle and stuff like that. Well, uh, he lifted up her dress. He did lift up her dress. But it's like he's trying to force her into this. Certainly it's unwanted touching and kissing and of a sexual nature. I didn't like... I'm not a... An, I don't want to sound like I'm like this apologist for like... He didn't really mean it because I know from the story... He meant it. He meant it. This guy's a piece of shit. He wants to control her. And he was actually going to break up with her... But he's upset because she broke up with him, and she doesn't get to do that. He gets to do that. Because he goes town to town doing the shit where he, like, basically goes town to town being a tennis coach slash, like, person that yeah. fixes up tables. Tables! I think a, the tennis coach rapist is, like, a trope in 80s movies. Well, the sh- certainly in Stephen King, because in I, I The think, Shawshank Redemption. Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, Yeah. So, yeah, but the tennis coach fucking your wife is certainly, you know, a, a trope everywhere. But the Shawshank Redemption, it was a tennis coach fucking his wife that got himself murdered. And he, he and his wife, the wife and the tennis coach got, got murdered. Yeah. Right. Um, but it definitely was also tennis coach. Cause, so Stephen King. He knows where his bread's buttered. Got issues. Got issues. Okay, so we still haven't made it. So we are 44 minutes and 38 seconds in. Yeah, we're about halfway through. Yeah, a little bit less than halfway through. Um, We've got our first death. Should we keep going? Yep. All right. We're 55 minutes and 25 seconds in. Yes. We've been in the car for about 10 minutes. Has it been? Maybe. My heart is so clenched. This is so horrifying. (laughs) It is so... She's stuck in a car. Okay, so props to the actress that does this. And and again, I'm going to give props to Stephen King for writing women. The, The character of the mother in the book, and I think it's being portrayed well in the in the movie, she's like got a temper. Mm-hmm. Right? She's not like the perfect mother that's always saying the right thing at all times. I mean, certainly she's cheating on her husband. And she did say the F word in front of her son a minute ago. She did, but it's a scary dog. Um, but, like, what I like about it is that she has a temper, but she's still doing the right thing by her kids. She's still a good mom. Yeah. Except, I mean, she cheated on her husband. That doesn't make her a bad mom. But, like, she's she knows that she doesn't... Like, things don't always come 100% easy to, like, always have your temper and always, like, 
say the right things and do the right things and stuff. And I definitely had some temper stuff on our trip because I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I'm a new mom of two years. <laughs> well, one year technically. Yeah. But it can be frustrating when you're trying to negotiate with terrorists all the time. Yeah. You know, and you're trying to do the right thing. But I like the terrorists win. You, you <laughs> let the terrorists win. And then I'm over here being like, you can never, ever watch TV or see your friends again. I don't use the friends part, actually. If they want to go see their friends, they can. But it's just more like, like, I get so much more frustrated. I don't. And, well, that's, I think it's like, if we could both just sort of meet in the middle a little bit. Um... Not that in the sense of, like, being frustrated or whatever, but, like, I think we kind of balance each other out a little bit. Yeah. But it's good that they can... I don't know. I think I'm doing okay. But, like, the thing with our youngest today, she pulls us... So she packed. And, again, we let her pack. She's 10. She's 10 years old. We let her pack her clothes. She usually packs her clothes. We wash her clothes for her. We just washed her clothes last week. And, like... And she's got so many clothes. And what did she pack? She packed a pair of pants that was too tight and a pair of pants that we made her take off two weeks ago because they had dirty cat goo. Clean, yeah, she was cleaning the cat box and got some litter on her leg. Yeah, and we're like, put that in the in the in your thing, we'll wash it. She didn't do it. She just put it into the pile that she wears and then she packed it. Yeah, it happens. It happens. And you know what? She put on shorts that she was sleeping in. And I'm glad she did because she would have been too hot wearing black pants at a putt-putt, which was yeah. really fun. Oh, my God. And she also beat my ass in putt-putt. Didn't beat you, but she was actually really close for a 10-year-old. Two being, holes in one. She, yeah, she had two holes in one. She was amazing. But, like, this kind of thing of, like, like I really like this mother because, not because she's a cheater, but because she's just, like, is not perfect, but she does do things like, I don't know. I think she's doing, she's not doing her best because she's been shitty, but she's kind of doing her best for her son in a way that she just didn't want this life that she's in. Um, I do want the life I'm in. That came out wrong. Mm. But I just mean that I just like this Good representation you know. of like, you know, all the criticism of Stephen King and his representation of women, which he gives to himself. I just love that he represents women that aren't perfect, that are just... She is just as complex a character. She might even be more complex a character than her husband. Oh, she is. Or any other character in this movie besides Cujo, who's the best. her husband's just a cuck. And then the guy she's sleeping with is just like a rapist. Well, yeah. There's no depth to him. I think in the book there are more things to it, but it's just the husband has been... Really, obviously, I think what you what you point out, just the point of it, like I checked and the the car that she drives is a Ford Pinto in the book. So basically, the husband has his wife driving a Ford Pinto and is even though he's so sweet with his son, he doesn't seem to be that sweet with her. You know, we don't see that part of it. It's not like they have this perfect relationship like he's got. He does well at work and well with his son. He's not doing well by her, but we don't see that actually in play. He's just kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, not that that excuses cheating or whatever, but and we don't really get to see as much of it. But I got to say, like, this is... I'm not going to say that this is the best written woman in horror, but what an amazing 
character to give someone that's not perfect, that she's the main character of the fucking book and of the movie, mm-hmm. right? She's the main character, and she doesn't have to be virgin, and she doesn't have to be a pure mother. She's complicated, and she's fucked up. No, she's she's the hero of the book, yeah. basically, the antagonist, or the protagonist. Yeah. But she's also flawed and yeah. not perfect. Which means that she's an actual human being. Yeah. Which so many characteristics of women and in, 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 in th- by men in cinema and in books, it's always as you can be a whore or you can be a virgin and you or you could be a perfect mother. But there's not a lot of like, this is someone that's doing her best. That's kind of a slut, a little bit, but not too much. I get it. From what? my younger years. Oh, not now. I'm only a slut for you, husband. Oh, sh- Hi, Charlene. I bet you enjoyed that part. <sighs> Charlene understands it. She not. She understands what? me. She yeah, gets okay. my. Okay, you stop digging that hole, and. You, I just, only want to have sex with you, ever, forever, and when you and you're not gonna die first. I'm gonna die for it first. No, I'm gonna but die if first. you die first, then I'm gonna have sex with your corpse. I'm gonna turn your bones right, into dildos. I'm going into surgery in two days, and I'm gonna say something John? clever before I go under, just in case. Because I, I want my last words to be funny. I was so worried that I was going to say something bad after anesthesia. And you know what I woke up talking about? I don't remember. It was about how much I loved you. Oh, yeah. And how you were the perfect man. I don't believe Remember? That. I don't. You don't remember because you, you weren't there. The nurses could tell you. <laughs> okay, should we... I don't like... A part of this is also I'm trying to buy time because we have... 40 minutes left. Yeah, we got a long time to go. And it's so intense, and I read the book so I know what's coming, and I'm so scared. I'm, I'm not 100% positive oh. this goes I in hope the same it doesn't end as, as the, the book. book. I hope this ends well, and that the baby doesn't die. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, right? let's go. hour and 21 minutes in <laughs> it sounds so somber this is a very faithful representation of the book yeah jesus fucking christ why are we watching this movie <laughs> i said we should watch it yeah it is. i read the book i knew this would happen this wasn't even like a random Stephen King thing that got picked. no i chose this because i really wanted to see it to see yeah. what the thing was about like I knew what was going to happen. This is all your fault. This is my fault. All my fault. It is. Like, when I pick the next movie, it's going to be fun. Please do. I mean, we do watch horror it, movies But it's going to be super fun. I know what it is What's already. What's it going to be? Never mind. You'll oh, find out in oh. a few weeks. Is it? When is yours? It's a few weeks from now. Really? Yeah. You'll be excited. It's fun. Okay, good. I'm excited for fun because, Jesus Christ, I did this to us. I am. I did this to us. So, basically... Husband is in fucking Chicago eating lobster. Oh, he's back now. He's back now. And, like, on his way back, her, as a nice little red herring, her shithead ex-lover comes to the house and, like, destroys a bunch of pillows and shit in the house. And tears up a picture of her. Yeah, so it looks like he's kidnapped her, so he's going to murder her. Yeah. And the the car is missing. 
And so the husband's like, oh, it said so-and-so is being fixed. Yeah. Um, as if that made any sense. Because if the car, like, he didn't take it there, how was she going to get it there and come back? From her boyfriend. Exactly. Anyway, so it's all malarkey. But anyway, uh, so she's in there. And when she wakes up for, like, what is this, the second day, her son is now having trouble breathing. Yeah, he's severely dehydrated. He's severely dehydrated. He's swallowing his tongue. It's hasn't had anything to eat in two days. Like, it's they've been in this fucking car in the middle of the summer for two days. It's a shocking that he's still alive. She looks like on the verge of death. This kid looks like a second away from death. She's trying to kind of shake him to kind of had it, pat his back to get him to not die. A cop shows up, but she's sleeping when the cop gets there. And the cop gets killed by the fucking dog immediately. Not paying it. Like, the cop sees the bloody car. And this happens in the goddamn book. The cop sees the car, bloodied, fucked up. It's a Ford Pinto, hard to miss. Doesn't call it in. He's about to, but then he hears a noise. No, he gets out of his goddamn car first. If he would have just called it in from his car, being like, I found the car, I'm going to investigate, he would have been fine. No, he would have still died. Oh, he would have still died, but she would have been fine, and the baby wouldn't have died, and I don't know what's going to happen. There's 11 more minutes in in this movie. I really hope that... Okay, so I thought we were going to watch this movie, and I thought what was going to happen was that it because it's Hollywood magic, I thought the kid was going to survive. I don't think that's the case. I want the kid to survive. We'll have to wait and see. we got 11 minutes. Oh, my God. This is the worst. Okay, let's go. It's a really good movie, but Jesus Christ. Okay. This movie just stops. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. Don't, no, nothing to oh see my, here. Okay, can I just say, John? Yeah, you like this ending better. Hollywood endings are the best. <laughs> Except for The Mist. Yeah, The Mist went the opposite way. It which, went the wrong way. Fuck. It was probably some filmmaker was pissed oh about this Oh my god, my body is just like so tight and, and scared. Okay, so... This bitch has been stuck in the car in a Ford Pinto. Yes. For days, her husband finally shows up. The cops send someone out. That cop gets killed immediately. Husband is like, hey, whatever happened to the cop that went looking for the for the mechanic? It's like, oh, well, we're sure he'll be back eventually. Yeah, it's of like, course. It's six miles away. It's not that far away. So Donna, I don't know what the fuck her name is. Whatever. <laughs> she, mom, let's call her that. Sure. She, like, finally, her son, she knows he's going to die. She says, I'm losing my baby, my my son, or whatever. So she just fucking bolts it for the house. The dog shows up. She gets the bat, beats the dog up with a bat by herself after three days of not having water or food. And then eventually the bat bat, hits the dog so hard with the fucking bat, she breaks the bat and then stabs it through the heart with a goddamn part of the bat. And it goes through the throat. Through the throat, whatever. And then goes to, grabs the kid. Well, she has to break open the window to get the kid because all the windows are, all the doors are fucked up. It's a goddamn Ford Pinto. We're dealing with a Ford Pinto and the make and model Ford Pinto is terrible. So, like, she's dealing with that. So she breaks open the back, gets the kid, takes it into the house, throws water on its body. Yeah, he's part dolphin, apparently. But to be fair to her. To be fair. To be fair to her, she's not had a lot, any water in three days either. So they're both like, so she's not doing great herself. 
But she's just, like, throwing water on her, breathing on her child's mouth, hoping for help that doesn't come. Her her husband finally realizes he's coming over. He's speeding the way, right? Yep. And so, like, she... The kid wakes up. Yeah, she revives him with CPR. With CPR. She's covered in blood, which is true to the film. And husband shows up, embrace, grabs the kid and embraces her, and that's the end! Yeah, grabs the kid and is like, and we don't I'll have leave no- you alone for like three days. We have no room for any other things. <laughs> no more scenes. Yeah, that's it. But in the book, the baby dies because she finally, when she gets to the point where she's just like, I have to do this to save my son, she goes through hell to kill this fucking dog and her kid's dead anyway. Because yep. it's Stephen King when he was on <laughs> drugs and he was a bastard when he was an alcoholic and on uh, drugs. And so her kid dies anyway, and they stay together. Oh, we don't know that in the movie. No, in the book, they stay together. Yeah, we don't know that. In the movie, I feel maybe. like... Maybe. Like, do you think that would make up for it? For the cheating? I, I, I think it would, like, overpower it, I guess. I feel like she realizes that... The cheating's not the right thing to do. Yeah. She actually admits to it in the movie before she goes off on her thing. In the book, like, the guy sends, like, a letter or something because he wants to ruin her. Yeah. And he sends a shitty letter about boning her and tells him about, like, special marks on his body or whatever. But, like, I mean, I'm saying this is someone that would never want to bone anyone else because there's only one penis for me. Okay. It's yours. Okay. But, like... I feel like if you go through this horrible situation and she murders a goddamn Saint... Even a Saint Bernard, a regular Saint Bernard, would be pretty tough to kill as a woman on your own with no weapons. But she kills a rabid Saint Bernard. Yeah. That's pretty sexy. Maybe you could start... Maybe go to therapy. I mean, what kind of therapy do you go to? In the book, they stay together after their child dies... I think it'd be hard enough to stay together after your kid dies. Yeah, if the kid died, it would be over. I mean, in in a good relationship with no cheating, people have a hard time. Yep. And, like, because sometimes it's hard when people, when a child, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like. Like, I've had two childs die within me, but that's not the same thing. No. As an outside child dying. But fuck, it, it was a good movie. I can understand what my aunt Susu was like having to get a cup of coffee after this because my my brother Stephen was about this age and he had blonde hair about this time too. And hey, Steve, did you know you you were a star in Cujo? <laughs> but I can understand what my aunt Susu was really like. Goddamn. Yep. Because she was like, you know, she's always been really close to all of us and. Big caretaker for everybody, all yep. the kids. Jesus. Okay, what are we up. watching next? We're okay. watching something better, not better, because this. Okay, I gotta say, do you think that the do you think that the director did a good job? Yeah, I think he did a good job. I think he did a great job, and honestly, Jewel of the Nile, I thought was great too. I liked it. It was not as good as Romancing the Stone because Romancing oh. the Stone is amazing. No thanks. To but you. I really love that the same fucker that did Jewel of the Nile. Did Cujo? What the fuck? Sorry, I'm I'm I had house wine. 
Which okay. is the okay. By the way, I'm gonna do a quick Burroughs Burroughs. Okay. So there's this company that I talked about last summer called House Wine, and Rose Bubbles is my favorite thing of House Wine. But they've got a limited edition that's gay. It's like a pride flag. It's one of those things I think that they... Okay, House Wine will donate $2 to the Human Rights Campaign for every case of limited edition rosé bubbles sold. So I got it because it was gay. I'm, gl- I'm glad that some of the money is actually going to, like, a nice, comp- uh, a nice like, campaign to help people. Um, yeah, it's really tasty, though. House Wine Rosé bubbles is the best rosé is fine housewine rosé is good but the bubbles is what you want so what are we watching bud oh we're going back to the metacritic list okay this is one of the highest rated horror films and we're watching the birds uh hitchcock classic i love that we're gonna watch this because i think it'll be fun to talk about our relative upbringings because this i've seen i saw this a couple times with my grandparents Okay. And there's also a, a movie that I would like to introduce you to that's related to the birds, but perhaps sometime. Okay, well, let's watch the trailer for this. The birds? Yes. This is the one where, like, Hitchcock, like, he tortured his women, the female actresses. And he really did some shitty stuff to this lady. Okay. This isn't usual, is it? It's not usual. There's so many birds. There's nothing wrong with those chickens, Mitch. That's the damnest thing I ever saw. I don't know. It seemed to swoop down. Oh, no. It's a bird. They bring beauty into the world. It is mankind, rather, who insists upon making it difficult for life to exist upon this planet. So many birds. I like it's like kind of gaslighty. This bitch is crazy because she thinks there's something wrong with all the birds. Like the birds aren't real or something? Like they're government drones? Or, or no, not like the government drones. <laughs> but it's just that she's crazy because she thinks the birds are out to get her. Yeah, like But if someone told drones. you birds were out to get them... I would say they were crazy. Yeah. But then again, you're the one who's always like, These darn crows and seagulls keep going after my trash! Well, they do. They're the, after me. The crows and the gulls. Oh no, there's so much blood! Somebody, there's so many pigeons! In this one town, the birds have gone insane. Yeah. We're gonna murder the birds. This guy's like grabbed a seagull <laughs> by the neck. Oh, I feel like in real you life. How many times people have wanted to do that? Probably a lot. Seagulls are like fucking horrible. This is really fun to see people die from a bird hitting them. And a bird blew up a building. It's gonna well, be really fun. Fabio I almost wish that I wish this was black and white so we could do it like our last episode and just watch the movie and talk the whole time. Cause lots of birds. Uh, black and white people. doesn't doesn't mean it does that. That's silent films. This is not black and white. This is in color. I know, but not all black and white did films not, are silent movies. I know, but did did I say black and white, not silent? You said black and white, so we can oh. talk during it. We could talk during black and white too. Jessica Tandy, she's uh, amazing. I think they were after the children. For what purpose? The birds want to kill the children. Yep. That's a good preview, dude. Yeah. Was that a real preview? Yeah, it was a a real preview. No, I don't mean that. I mean in the sense that sometimes they remake previews and stuff. I don't know. Okay, so we did our brewers brews. Did you have anything else you wanted to shout out besides Nuglaris? No, I'm good. Okay, I I shout out my two. Um, what about uh, what about the grocer's corner? Is it still the look of? Yeah, the first time you see Cujo, it's pretty gross. Yeah, because he gets grosser. 
But I think that first time you see the eye goop is pretty bad. I gotta say, shout out to the puppy of Cujo, the dog that did it. He did a good job. There's yep. a good, maybe Mool's multiple dogs. I don't know. I mean, people can go to other podcasts to get, like, stuff about that. But if people want to talk to us about how we could do better or how we could, like, what kind of movies they want us to watch and talk about while drinking, yep. um, how would they contact us? They could email at uptoincludingdeath at gmail.com. But no one does that. How do they get us on the socials? Um, we are on all of the majors at up to an ID with the number two. Or you could go to uptoincludingdeath.com. All right. Well, that sounds pretty good. And you know what it sounds like? There's just two things left to do. Yep. Stay scared. And stay merry. Goodbye. The intro and outro of our podcast is Fire and Ice Rock Mix by Stefan Kartenberg. Copyright 2017. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Thank you, Stefan.